Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. Here I'm joined by an interesting soul for snacks and sometimes full-blown banquets. We share conversation and confessions, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey there, sweet peas. This episode is a gulp of hot, fresh joy, if there ever was one. I'm hoovering with the beautiful comedian, actress, model and award-winning cry for help, Reuben Kay. And what we're eating was good. Before we get stuck in, can I just say thanks for listening, actually? OK, all right, actually, you're the fucking tits you are for listening. My 2024 tour show Metal is on sale now, so get over to jessicafosterkew.com and snap your blooming tickets up to whatever show is nearest to you, please. They are going fast. Huge shout out to this podcast's patrons. You're the absolute lifeblood of this machine. If you've never had a look, please would you go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you'll see what I will swap you in exchange for as little as a few quid a month or more, obviously, if you've got it. There's loads of great shit on there made with extra 
extra love and effort because without people crowdfunding this, I can't afford to keep making it. Amazingly, even with all you lot listening, and there are loads of you, and all the patrons already, this podcast does make a loss and it's a lot of work, which I love to do it and I live to do it. But I do need to grow my Patreon numbers, which is why I'm wanging on about it here. Fear not, we will, we will I mean, we ain't making it, we'll make it work. But long story short, thanks if you're a patron already. You are very much needed and I'm very much grateful. And if you're not one already, I might be capable, as I said, hop over to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. Right, let's have this absolutely gorgeous episode with an absolutely gorgeous man. If you don't already know and love Ruben, you're about to fall head over heels. I know I did. We went for Vietnamese food, a feast, I think we can call it, at K Tray in Soho, and everything about it was heavenly. Have you eaten here before? No, but it's the excited. best reviewed place. I want to try the anchovy chicken wings because they yep. are always out when I'm not here and I love an anchovy. Mm, I love an anchovy. Let's get them. My friends are convinced that I'm a very good cook because... Um, all I do at late night is shove garlic and anchovies mm. into a pan with parsley. Yes. Pasta. Right. And then just tons of parmesan. And they go, how do you do this? Oh, oh I love it. I've actually got questions. But also, first, I want to pick. I want... I love everything. I'm really yeah, good. every single thing here yeah. is good. Well, I'm up for doing it. But I'm also like this lemon cooked beef salad is and good. I'm professionally hungry. I'm up for doing a sharing thing. Me we too. Just order everything we fancy, and I was told I'd be eating. Yes, you're eating. So I, d- I did you're not. Ready for this? Good. I was up at eight, and I thought I'm having my apple, banana, and yogurt, and oh, that's it. Oh yeah, I had a little bit of some sort of miniature we dose went, of We went porridge. to Whitstable yesterday. Oh, lovely. To the Jim sportsman. <gasps> I've got a booking there. I've always wanted to go. Is it out as well? It's so lovely. Yeah. It's so lovely. Yes. And actually, five courses, 80 mm. quid. That's actually really nice. I was... Yeah. I was pregnante. Yeah. And and Heaven. then drinks on top. And it's not mm. five courses. It's eight courses. Because oh, they've got little, like... Yes! Boosters to amuse. Things. Oh, great. I went. Um, I want to try Peaky Grilled Aubergine. Oh yeah. We'll get that with the wings, shall we? Yeah, Peaky Grilled Aubergines, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm, I'm here for a beet leaf wrap. Yeah. And a lemon cured beef salad. Lemon cured beef salad sounds really exciting. Don't want a cinnamon sausage. That's the first thing I've read on this whole menu that's made me go. Where have you today. seen that? Under special. Sounds a bit too special. Oh yes. Yes. I'd order that. Would you? On the aeroplane, it gave us some kind of sweet sausage that upset me. What do you mean a sweet? What was it the sweet? like a normal sausage. And the meat that like, was sweet. Yeah. I did a gay cruise with Joe Sutherland. Yeah, I love Joe Sutherland. And uh, it was an American company, so they had Minute Maid for juice. And I was like, I said, can I just get a pineapple juice? And whatever they handed to me, like one sip, and I couldn't, I could see through time. <laughs> like... One sip and my insulin levels <laughs> had skyrocketed. I felt like Scarlett Johansson in Lucy. It's like prickling. Yeah, I used eye. 100% of my brain <laughs> immediately. I developed telekinetic powers. <laughs> oh, God. Is the concept of this just a way for you to get food to be tax deductible? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is all this food is you tax do? deductible to me. It's like, it's all research. It's all... <laughs> it's all practising eating. <laughs> Everything. Every supermarket shop. <laughs> Yeah, research, research, which can't Life ever, hack. you can't ever research enough for this podcast. That's brilliant. Um, Why did I make my podcast about trauma? 
<laughs> you were researching it's about, awful. Uh, like, can I read it? Can I read? I'm going to read. I'm going to be empathetic. <laughs> I could have been like, That's Ruben really K funny. getting wanked off by soccer players, the <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> what were you thinking? Oh, I love it. So you split your time, life, work yeah. between here and Australia. Yeah. Talk to me about the differences eating-wise. Because I hear a lot of people, both Australian and from here, saying it's kind of better there. Yeah, food's better. Is it? Food's fresher. We have less restrictions. We don't have fruit that's grown in Kenya and flown over here. Um, herbs, for instance, are really much more flavorful over in grow, Australia. just grows really easily there. Yeah. We don't have as aggressive weather. Okay. I mean, okay. we do at the other end of the spectrum. but right, hot. But yeah, it's still wet. Yeah. Okay, dream. And there's always somewhere in the in the country, like Queensland is pretty stable, mm. and that's where. Sorry, that's my piercing that just fell out. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Oh, this is it. fab. Yeah, Queensland is pretty stable in terms of climate, and that's where half of our fruit comes from. Amazing. So it's great. And we're so close to Asia. We have such a huge immigrant population. So Melbourne has the largest Greek population of any city outside Athens. Amazing. So you walk into Melbourne, there's Little Italy, there's Little Athens, there's Chinatown, there's amazing Thai food, Vietnamese food. The state dish of Darwin is laksa. Mmm, is it? That's so So on a, on a if you're hungover in Darwin... The big tradition is you go to the market and you, you get a latza. Mm, and that's not just me being like, oh, in this one market where I go, because I'm so middle class, if I had a stroke, I'd smell burning brioche. <laughs> that's where you go. It's because, it's because that's everyone knows that the best thing on a hangover is this big bowl oh, of yeah. spicy, tangy, creamy goodness. Gorgeous. Yeah. Not an opening for a euphemism, but, you know. <laughs> what happens here? They've given us a soup next to these. Thank you, lemon, sir. Yes. He's lemoning the summer rolls, I think, I think but they're called something else. It got tiny bits of I reckon. meat inside. Is this, this going to do it like an over? Oh, yeah. Stick is it, it on. an over? I reckon stick the soup. Yeah, I think drizzle drizzle away. Yeah. Mm, crispy think... onions. You know what he's doing. Mm. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Going in. Mm. Oh, come on. But mm. here... Mm. I think it's easier. Mm. I think it's easier to eat well for less. Okay. Everything costs more. I was in going Australia. to ask about it's very expensive. Right. And is that a recent thing? Because we're playing catch up. Yeah. Surely. I mean, it's very. It's getting more of a very expensive here. Mm. When I lived here, 2010 to to 2019, mm. I like, I've managed to eke out. You can get European cheeses. You can yeah. get quite cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could live a bit like a Renaissance Pope on a budget. <laughs> but I don't know if that happens now because you just don't have that much access to it's produce and all the, your supply lines and things like that. We've got such messy supply lines in this country, haven't we? Yeah. But also, Should um, be the name of a backup band. <laughs> Ruben K and the Messy Supply Lines. I love it. This is delicious. Mm. It's really, um, I don't know what the word is. It's more, like textural but flavorful yeah. and... But I'm going for more of a drizzle here. The meaty, the meaty inside mm. is like what is rounder it? and more wholesome and more kind of like, mm. I don't know, satisfying than I expected. Everything's so light and fresh, but actually there's something that's hitting the spot, actually. 
Imagine what this would be like on a hangover. Mm. Because it's just glutinous enough that it's not a challenge for mm-hmm. the mouth. Mm-hmm. So if you spent your night chewing your face mm-hmm. off, and it's not citrusy enough to like to no, lacerate the ulcers you've given yourself. You could serve this in an old people's hand. No choking has it on this, and yeah. it slide right no, down. Not at all. You could just. I don't think we've made it sound delicious. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no choking hazard on this. It would slide right down. Get that. Get us on your PR. Do you know what okay. I don't want on um, in an entree is a challenge. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially not when you're starving. Actually, oh, but and you is... stupidly started a podcast really hungry. Listeners of the pod, it is delicious. Mm. It is mm. mouth-wateringly good. And in this broth that we've like poured on it a little bit, there's a sweetness in there that I love. The thing I don't, I, I think in Asian cuisine, which you don't necessarily get all the time in European Anglo, mm. is this combination of sweet and savoury, sweet and tangy. In European cuisine, it's like, is it creamy? Is it salty? Yeah. You're going to keep all these flavours separate. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Would you please just try and be an adult? Oh, for one moment, please. Can I what? Just try and be an adult for one moment. No, before sorry. What, sniggering. Giggling? Is it creamy? It, it was, is it creamy? Is it salty? Good luck. You're the one who ordered the piggy aubergine. Yeah. I used to want a dog called Bergine, so that when I did something cute, I could say aubergine. Aubergine! Um, that would be adorable. Wouldn't it be? Never too late. People would. Maybe you could have hey. a pet pig called aubergine. Oh. Delicious. Oh. What would I call my pet pig? Crackling? One crackling. One crackling. Um, Make glorious summer by this loin of pork. <laughs> That's what you'd have, you'd have to do that. Do you have... Um, I, I had really mixed experiences on my recent flights because I'm assuming you fly more than the yeah. average person. I do. How, what's your take on airplane food? You love it or hate it? Or um, you've got a mixture of thoughts and feelings? Mm. Mm. I have been raised with a family... They continually said, eat now in case you never eat again. And it's a very Jewish common thing. I remember my grandmother once said to me, I didn't live through Auschwitz, so you could leave food on your plate. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And I was the like... The pressure. The pressure to, to swallow, to, like, clean the plate. Yeah. So, if there's free food, I'm having it. Mm. Great. You could have force-fed me, like, a foie gras goose and then yeah. show me a buffet, and I'm like, I could have room for dessert. <laughs> So I'm fine with airplane food. Oh, what I do like is that they give you a choice. Yeah. And you like it's never a choice between the better option. No, no. They're on an equal standing. Two rough options. Yeah, yeah. it's basically just a nose bag with depression inside. <laughs> <laughs> but in business class, you get it with cutlery. I'll eat it. Yeah, I'll eat it, and so I and I will meals. sometimes yeah. like it. Yeah. I am. Um, sometimes I it love hits a spot. salt. Um. I don't mind when things have been like. Pickled mm-hmm. or salted to the point of death. I actually, I secretly love that. I fly London to Melbourne quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I've only been upgraded twice to business okay. class. How did that go for you? It's. Did it change your life? I'll tell you this. It changed my life for the time that I was in the air. Yeah. But when I landed, I was like, I'm sorry, it's still five grand. Floor, and for five grand for 24 hours, I should at least come. <laughs> oh, you could have arranged that. Not, not. It would have been extra. Yeah. <laughs> but the cho- the menu choice was brilliant. Yeah. And the fact I was like, oh my god, I've got 
tiger prawns. I've got this. I've got this. Wow. I was like, this is cool. This is lovely. Uh, thank you. Yes. Come Chili on. anchovy wings. See, if that's going to really? go, I want that soup. <laughs> really sorry, I'm so yeah. sorry. I put it on there. Proud of you. Thank you for doing that. That broth is so lovely. We're having a lovely time. Oh, thank you. For Sam. Mm. Oh, my God. Salad wings. Come on. Get in my face. Mm. Have you been to Australia? <laughs> no, not yet. I was you meant haven't. to go. I'm fi- I, and I'm guilty and also annoyed that I haven't been. I have a cousin who lives in Fri- Frio. Yeah. Great. And I owe her a trip because she's been back here with her. She's got three kids and she's been back again and again and it's my turn to go there. It definitely is. Can you imagine trying to travel with children yeah. on play? Every time I, I see it, I'm like, no greater contraception than other people's <laughs> children. <laughs> <laughs> and she um oh my god but, but also i was meant to do the melbourne festival in 2020 oh you would have killed um cancelled uh-huh. right? for the obvious reason um and um yeah sadly i haven't been able to go back since but it's on my bucket list of things to do i'd absolutely love to go and play melbourne festival i'm so sorry but i have just been eating the anchovy chicken wings so i didn't really um listen, listen. but i sympathize mm. with whatever it is you're going through <laughs> And I'm sending thoughts and prayers. Mm. You're oh. so good at dealing with other people's trauma. I've <laughs> got a podcast about it. I've got a podcast. It's very good. Mm. Wow. Oh, God. It's oh. so nearly... It's amazing that you get to call that a salad. Because it's 90% beef. It's a steak. It's a steak. It's cold, delicious, beautifully dressed steak. That is gorgeous. Yeah. Pickled red onion. Mm. Just like the amount and of peanuts. onion and nuts and herbs. Mm. I remember watching an episode of Nigella and and Queen. she just used parsley leaves as a salad herb. Right. And my life changed. Oh. Do you know what? I've only recently started doing that, going, rather than let herbs die, go, we'll make a salad. Call that a salad. Mm-hmm. Put them all in a bowl and call it a salad. And if this meal is anything. It's a crystallation, distillation of the idea that anything can be a salad if it identifies as a salad. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. That's what we're Currently fighting for. Hot that is what we're fighting for. Thank you. Um, okay, I'm trying an anchovy chicken wing. I'm going to see if I can detect anchovy. Mmm. Mmm. Jesus Christ, it's so good. Yeah. Mm. And I think the real miracle of an anchovy is that it's like based. It's like bass in a band. Yeah. You don't notice it, but you notice when it's not there. Yes. It's so, so true, like an like a Caesar, a Caesar salad or a Caesar dressing mm, the anchovy. Mm. It's just um it's just not the same. God, that's so lovely. Crispy. Do you eat anchovies out of the jar? Mm-hmm. Right. And pickles, I assume? Mm-hmm. That's some of the best pickles I've ever had in America. Uh, I will say that. Yeah. And they, you Very just pickle. can't get them here. They were salty, mm-hmm. huge, and tangy. Oh my god! Oh my god! Mm. That's heaven. So, where have you found in the world that you really like to eat? Mm. So, um, I went to San Sebastian in Spain. Great. That was extraordinary. The, yeah. Um, it's the home of pinchos, like tiny tapas. Yeah. Where yeah, you, tapas you for bar the hurried. hop, and you just have a few little things. A neat place. That mm-hmm. was extraordinary. Oh, oh God. I've had... A, do you know what? I've had so many different ex- experiences. I really... I feel really lucky to live in London. 
where I've got access to all these different flavors from all around the world. That's one of the reasons I moved to London was like, one, I wanted to get out of Australia to be in the entertainment industry. Mm. But I also wanted to be, to be closer to the world, to have access to yes. different different lives, different mm. worlds, different flavors, different stories, yeah. different aesthetics. Mm. Which is why I was sort of like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you what are you doing with Brexit? You're literally gonna erase yeah. all the things that make this country mm. a destination. You're gonna relegate yourself to a backwater because the people who lead you think you're more valuable as a tax write-off. Yeah. Utterly bizarre. Everyone thinks oh, Australia has all the poisonous animals. We have snakes, we have spiders, we yeah. have drop bears, but at least we don't have fucking Tories. <laughs> Yeah, it's very mm. true. They're much more dangerous. The and unlike all those creatures, we are more scared of them than they are of us. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I will say just what I loved about uh, when I came to London. Have you all mm-hmm. Thank you. Is wow. okay? It's so oh. lim and delicious. Thank We're having a great time. Thank you. you. Wow. I think they might have clocked on that we might be in showbiz. <laughs> from the, uh, from how famous we are. Mm-hmm. Not the enormous microphones. <laughs> <laughs> Greece, I've had some of the nicest food I've ever had. Oh, yes. Um, most and in some of the most unassuming places. Yes, exactly, yeah. Most amazing seafood. We went to, we were driving around this island. We came across this village that was totally empty because all of the people in it looked like a Fellini extra, if that makes sense. This is yeah. corpulent, big, tall man with shiny black hair and the, the hair dye was running down his face. Oh face. god, I love it. And his, he had a, a maroon shirt that was patched with sweat. Amazing. He, was, he really looked like he was out of central casting. <laughs> and, but there's this little like, cafe he was standing in front of. And when we're all starving, it's the only place that just stop here. And we thought, look, we'll just get something quick. And he sits down here and speaking any English. And he starts bringing stuff. And he brought the most delicious, like, kalumi, a couple of pieces of fish. And then, as we we leaving to go pay the bill, we stepped into the second half of the shop. And it wasn't a restaurant. It was a bakery. He was a baker. And it was just Greek pastries and biscuits, as far as the eye can see. Shut up. Like, a galabutical, the, the cream mm. with the phyllo paste, oh the semolina cream. Oh, my God. And the little ha- almond half-moon crescents with the icing sugar. Oh. The, like, the kataifi, all of that. Someone's like, God, you know how to say everything. Give me all of it. I'm a cream, I'm a cream fanatic. Okay, a pudding fan. A pudding fan. Well, I'm a... I'm an umami a, whore and okay. a pudding fan, oh pudding slut. This is for you. Oh, that, thank okay. you, mama. Thank you, mother. <clears throat> Shall I be mother? Shall I pour the I aubergine? She's Shall scoop- I pour the aubergine? Listen, I've she's it up with a spoon, listener. She's and scooped- I've dolloped it on. You've eviscerated Whether that Whether he wanted aubergine. it or not. I, I did, though. I didn't Secretly. get aubergine consent. <laughs> That's a terrible yes, burlesque actually, name. I just remember that the emoji is quite important. No, but aubergine, please welcome to the stage, aubergine consent. Aubergine consent, yes, what I'm a great stage name. Big fan of stage names, drag names, names for bands. Yes. We came up with one last night, this is Ruben K and the Meat Sweats. <laughs> was that after you'd been to the sports game? I'd been to the sports game. Ruben K and the Meat Sweats. We were up to something like the fifth course and it was fish. And I got it, I was like, oh my God, here's the main course. And the woman said, that's not the main course, that's the fish course. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, I'm going to die. I'm going to be... Love it. Does anyone have a funnel? Mm. I'm sorry. 
ice chocolate thing it. because of vape machines. <laughs> Is it really good? Mm. Okay, one second. I'm going to... Oh, my God. Yeah, but how do I pick it up? Okay, it's in. Just went big. I went big and I went home. Ah, it's so juicy. Oh. Oh, it's soaked up, whatever. It's so good. It's dripping. Mm. That is heaven. That taste of summer and winter all at once, isn't it? That's yeah. fucking glorious. You'd have that. You'd have that in boiling hot heat. You'd yeah. have that in the depths of winter. Oh, my God. It's and warming. Crispy onions on everything. Crunching it all up. Um, tell me about a time where you ate something out of awkwardness or embarrassment. Yep. Um. <laughs> That's such a nice... Okay. Yep. Where um, do I begin? So I... <laughs> like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty adventurous, but I wasn't always a... I was a pretty bland eater. As a kid? As a kid. Like, I don't know, tomatoes, I don't like mushrooms, and now, like, everything and anything mm-hmm. I'll try. That's I have fun. Love. Uh, but one time for peer pressure to be liked, because I'm... We're us. Yes, we're us. We were, no one became a comedian because they're fine with a normal amount of um, praise from strangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who said that? Is that a you? Me, yeah. That's great. That's going on my next show. You get no credit. <laughs> Thank you. The um, I was at a bar mitzvah, and I would have been 11, maybe 12, and there was um, a display. And I don't know what sadist did this, but there were actual chilies in the displays Ooh. and I'd never had it she didn't know what one was oh love. and someone said go on Ruben eat this and they went yeah eat it eat it eat it and oh. I was like yeah I'm gonna eat it yeah and they really egged me on and I just gobbled this whole chili down and like crunched it and ate oh. it and I think there was a three second grace period between me being an innocent child and then me having a very direct and deliberate idea of consequence oh no I was gone I yeah. was fucked, and I was like weeping. Oh no! And I'm like, love. and now drink more water. Drink some no, water. water doesn't and do I'm like shit. sculling water, which oh, only makes no. it worse. And then someone's like, drink milk. And then I drank so much milk. Oh god! That I started throwing up. Oh! And it was just like this chili capsaicin milk coming back up. It was awful. And it wasn't even my bar mitzvah, so I didn't even get presents. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, so it's me. I'm interrupting this beautiful episode with Ruben Kay to show off some of your best answers to our listener question. I asked you to tell me about times where you have seen, heard, smelt someone else eating or drinking in a particular way that has made you change your opinion of them forever. And it could have been in a positive way or in a negative way. Suffice to say, a lot more of the answers were people you've seen doing something that's changed your opinion in a negative way. But my, oh my God, this first one, it's a voice note from an Australian listener, which I felt like was fitting as we're talking to Ruben, Gabby from Australia. We just need to play it. This is next level. So I used to live with a friend from high school and one night I went into the kitchen And I see her standing there eating an entire packet of raw chicken. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever been so disgusted in my entire life. I don't know how she's still alive. Needless to say, I moved out pretty shortly after that. Oh, my God. How? How is that? How is she still alive? I mean, maybe she's not. You moved out. And I'm I'm going to probably rightly assume that Gabby didn't stay in touch with this woman. How can she? I don't, I actually don't even, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure my cats would do that. Raw, not raw. Unless that, that person is a shapeshifter and they are actually, it turns out, a lion disguised as a human housemate. I have serious concerns. There are a few other superb answers I can't wait to share with you. We had a WhatsApp message from Rachel. Like, oh my God. It says, my husband likes to drink water. Ready? From a sponge. Oh, oh, Rachel. Oh, why? Has anyone told him about a glass? It's just maybe someone's, no one's told him about even a bowl or a mug. It goes on, the message goes on. She says he dips it in and enjoys sucking it out and it goes bubbly, question mark, exclamation mark. Oh. <gasps> I am having quite a visceral reaction to that. All the hairs have stood up on the back of my neck. Oh, God. That is so gross. That is so gross. She she ends the message with, I still married him, though. (laughs) Well, look, we've all got a bar that we set, and some of us set it higher than others, Rachel. (laughs) Do you know what? I've just remembered that I once sucked a glass of port out of an ancient rug because it was the last of the bottle. And so I'm going to suck all my 
judgment out of a sponge and enjoy it. The last answer to this question I'm sharing with you for this episode, there are more coming in future episodes because this has been a brilliant question in terms of your answers. It's from Mark Watson, that one, the actual Mark Watson, the brilliant comedian Mark Watson, who replied on Twitter saying, if I see someone effortlessly using chopsticks, which I am shit at, it can make me really fancy them or consider them off-puttingly smug. But sadly, we can't know until they've started. (laughs) Tell you what, next time I'm gigging with Mark, listeners, I am going to risk it. I'm going to risk it. I'd say I'm going to risk it for a biscuit, but I'm not. I'm going to risk it for probably a sushi selection. I'm right at him. Mind you, I don't know how good I am at using chopsticks. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to get lessons off YouTube. And I'm going to try really hard to make Mark Watson fancy me. Let's get back into this episode. No problem. Thanks for your answers. Keep listening. Keep listening and watching out on at the Hoovering Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And that's where I ask my questions and I really love it when you answer. Thank you for your answers. Let's get back into this episode. I will tell you right now. Yeah. My main goal in life and one of my big security blankets is always having chicken soup in the freezer. Oh, I love it. So my grandmother was a strange woman, but like all grandmothers. (laughs) No, nutbag. (laughs) Nutbag. There was Uh... no caftan unswirled. (laughs) But also like no underwear worn. Oh, wow. Well, she was raised in like a far eastern Russian peasant village. And she never thought she'd get out of it. She right. was in like Kamchatka, which is sort of quite North Russia, near Siberia almost. Wow. So she was raised as a peasant. So the idea that she was in Melbourne, yeah. in a, she had a tiny flat on the third floor of an apartment block, but it was the top floor. Right. It's like, I am in a castle, she used to say all the time, looking out across the roofs. Love it. And she could wear what she wanted. She had heating. She had a bed she didn't have to share with her 15 brothers. What? She used to tell stories of her having to wait for her sister to come home from morning classes so she could wear her shoes to afternoon classes. But my grandmother, as every kid will tell you, made the best chicken in the soup. Oh, nice. The best chicken soup. And I've tried so many times to, like, replicate it and always be like, oh, I'm not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And then eventually... I just had this moment, like, I, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to do this. How are you finding it fit? This is delish. Yeah. I have been, I haven't eaten a lot of it because I've been busy no, being endlessly I, fascinating. I have made you do all the talking. Mm. I tell you what, my thoughts are, I'm having yeah. an amazing time. It's so fresh and delicious and clear and crispy. It feels restorative. Mm. And it also, I usually, I have to admit, would... Um, over-season this, I'd want salt and I'd want heat mm. that isn't there. And I'm not going to let myself ask for it because the whole point of this is that those things hide in perfection and there is nothing here to hide from. That is so delicate and so much time has been taken over this liquid. That's a really good that it, point. That it feels like perhaps tra- like a bit of a travesty to, try to ask and- for something to essentially overpower it. It's so dainty. I'm such a little spice wimp too. I'm a fucking spice whore. But it feels like asking for a chilli here would be like... Sacrilege. Oh, I don't know, yeah. Putting a a toddler in steel cap boots. 
those prawns are cooked really nicely. Mm. Normally there's rubbery. These are so... A friend of mine and I went to Kiln last week. Kiln? Mm, oh, I don't know it. Thai place, mm. like new Thai cuisine. They had a mutton lab, oh. but a raw mutton lab. So it's oh, a mutton oh. tartare lab. Shut up. That was one of the best things I've ever eaten. Mm. And we stuffed ourselves mm. solid. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you how much we got. It was so reasonably priced. Everything's oh, around five, six, nine oh, for small portions. Nice. And it's all tasting. And then they've got mains as well. But mm. that, raw, like, I love oh, a beef tartare. The idea of a lamb tartare. I can tell you, in my mind, yeah. the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. The one thing. Really? I'm like, that's a memory that's going to stick with me. Ooh. Do you think you got one of those? Yeah, I do. I am. Um... I do. Uh, it's always the same one, actually, even though I almost certainly have eaten things that were technically better and... Oh, God, no, there's a yeah. few. The one that sprung to mind is the yeah. first I'll give you my first answer. I was a waitress in a hotel that did really good food, but obviously I was a waitress in there, so I couldn't afford it. I must have been probably about 14, and I remember asking to go there for my birthday for dinner <laughs> because I was done serving people this food and never having tried any yeah. food like it. I'd never had fine dining before. Right. And um, I ordered surf and turf and I remember it arriving like, honestly, I remember my first thought being, that is tiny. That is so <laughs> tiny. But it was a fillet steak, which I'd never had before, in the middle of this huge plate with just three big prawns around the side. Right. I was nice. just blown away by those flavours together, by... All that crisp, like that, all that, that glazy outside of the steak, and then that, I remember it just vanishing in my mouth. Yeah, it just, and then I was like, Oh, I get it, you don't want any more than this, otherwise, it's not special. This, like, I wanted to, like, you every want... single mouthful became important, yeah, Waited. really, really magical. And I remember thinking, Oh, okay, there is so much in this world to discover, to <laughs> untap. This and is the just from a humble of... surf and turf as well. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, it wasn't. It was a pretty big-headed one, if I'm honest. It wasn't a humble one. It was a. It it knew that. It knew how sexy it was. It knew. Yeah. It was amazing. What about you? It, this is gonna sound. This is gonna make me sound more of an egomaniac than I am. But oh, maybe come on, there's... it's something you've cooked. No, it's not. You won't. It's a Reuben sandwich. Oh yes. The... I'm not even definitely sure what that is. Tell me everything. So, um, a Reuben sandwich. To my knowledge, and I'm sure people jump down my throat and I mm. welcome it, um, is <laughs> uh, pastrami, sauerkraut, Swiss cheese, um, toasted rye bread. Okay, lovely. As mm. far as I know. And I, I've always liked them, but frequently in delis you kind of you get them and you go, okay, cool, and you feel like, okay, definitely a goy made this. Like someone who has not run from a Cossack in Poland made this sandwich because it doesn't have something. I don't know yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then I, on my first night ever in New York, I landed, I got into my hotel at like one. No rooms. I didn't want to order room service. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go out. And it was January 15th and New York was covered in snow. Wow. But white snow. Mm. And I had this great moment of I'm in New York. Yeah. It's white snow. I'm walking down 8th Avenue. Wow. And I was starving. Yeah. And I saw one of the 24-hour bodegas. I didn't even know what it was. Right? And I went and I saw that they had a sandwich bar. 
and this tiny guy who looked like Hans Molman from The Simpsons, like big Coke bottle <laughs> mm. glasses, pale, definitely lived underground, a ruminant of some sort. I love it. And I, he went, I was looking at the menu and he literally just said, what do you want in the accent, that amazing New York accent? Yeah. And I saw that a Ruben, I said, a Ruben. And he went, on? Uh-huh. And I was like, on? Was like, on? What? Red. He said, oh, I can eat, right, right, Ruben, right. And then I was like, can you add a fried egg? And I went, yep. And then he just cooked it, cooked it up, and cooked the sandwich on the thing, so the cheese, wrapped it up in foil, handed it to me, I paid, I stepped out into this, like, blistering, freezing cold thing where you feel the skin just, like, searing on your face from the cold. Tore open, and the steam that came out, and the stretch of the cheese, and the crunch of the bread, and the sourness of the sauerkraut, and the salt of the pastrami, and, like, that, that... I don't know, that warm wheatiness. Uh, yes. I don't know. It was just the best. Maybe it's contingent on memory. Maybe it's contingent on place. Yeah. But it was the confluence of all of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was like, I'm in a movie. Yeah. No. Amazing. It was great. And I just think sometimes the best food that we have is is contingent on context memory. It's Absolutely. It's your grandmother's chicken soup. It's, yeah, completely. I had a shit day and I needed this and this yeah, thing was yeah, perfect. Yeah. So sure. these eclairs, when I was yeah. in London... Where are they from again? They're from Maison Berteau yeah. on Frith Street. Okay, um, no, Greek. Greek. It's on Greek Street, you know, so right next to the Coach and Horses, yeah. which is, the I think, one of the only vegetarian pubs. Oh, wow, that's funny. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Uh, and it's this old French patisserie and... They do the best custard eclairs. And when I was thought I was going to be in musical theatre and was running around doing agency work, being a private butler and being a, a butler at the members' clubs in Pall Mall and all this bullshit, I would do auditions and frequently get treated like shit in auditions because yeah. that's what auditions oh, gosh, are. So... And if I had a bad one, I would go to Maison Berto and go, I need this. Yeah. And if I had a good one, I would go to Maison Berto and go, I, I deserve this. <laughs> The things we do, the things we yes. do to allow ourselves small well, pleasures. Well, it's how to frame it as well. Like, I absolutely love it. You did need it and you did deserve it. Yeah. Those truths can exist at the same time. Mm. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's true. I think there are so many things that I've eaten where I think it's context. Mm. It's not... It's, did your it's parents cook? My dad did, but... No? Like, um... It was chaos. Everything was like... How do you mean? A thousand cigarettes, oh. two bottles of wine later, and then a very overdone thing. Some things were delicious. I had um, an... He's half Austrian, so there oh, was wow. some interesting food there, some good chicken stock-based soups and yep. stuff there, and um, schnitzel was right. a big deal. We did love um, we did schnitzel days. Yeah. Not palmas, but schnitzels. Yeah. With like the egg and the flour. And, and we the did bread. Them, I think traditionally they're meant to be made with veal, but we made it with pork and you just Everything. Yeah. It down. Yeah, it really if you can like, bread it and fry it, yeah. it's a schnitzel. Yeah. Like you do it to it's a block so of Cadbury's, I would. Yes. I so love Austrian it. Austrian father. Half Austrian father. Half Austrian father. English mum. And then she, my mum worked as a nurse and then in other sort of roles and care roles and didn't. Even though my dad was only there at weekends, I feel like dad did the... Dad sort of owned the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And they went their own ways when I was 11. And then mum really found her voice 
in terms of cooking and I realised it's just been an untapped resource and actually my mum is a, has instilled in me a love of recipes and recipe books and planning food and oh, yeah really nice. thinking about food in a way that's really joyful what's and, her um, like what's her cooking oeuvre mm, God. what does she like to cook her her like pièce de résistance is an it's going to make us sound posher than we are it's an asparagus roulade Oh, no, love it. Aspirational cooking. Mm -hmm. my exactly. My mum put it really well. My mum was raised dirt poor, but with the aspiration to be bourgeois. Yeah, lovely. And I think the way that I've tried to word it is you never want someone to bring flowers to you to when they arrive as a gift, and you never want to go, oh, where am I going to put this? Someone brings flowers to your door, you want to be the type of person who goes, I have just the right vibe. Yes. And I think the cooking is very... Like, my mum yeah. does, like, broccoli and stilton soup. And mm. the first thing she taught me to make was um, Stephanie Alexander's cheese and gruyere souffle. Oh, I a souffle was the first thing she taught you to make. Yeah, nice. Okay, still no... I'm 40 and no one's taught me how to make a souffle. So oh, they're easy as piss. <laughs> it's it's such a lazy man's mm. impressive piece of cooking. You whip everything up, you combine it all, and then you leave it alone. Oh, my God, but you need a reliable oven. I've had one in a Michelin-styled restaurant in Cambridge that was a pistachio souffle. It just tasted of guffs. What's guffs? Farts. <laughs> <laughs> so you can fuck it up. Even you can. Was that not part of the menu? Was that not part of the flavour profile they were going for? <laughs> it feels very Tory Michelin star. <laughs> Would you like a fart souffle? That's perfect. Charticles. Charticles with charticles got, of an underpaint. Grated chocolate on top. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Speciality du maison. Is it handmade? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. No, it's made by a Greek guy called Peristalsis. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. What would you sound like if you said it now in a big boy voice? Talk to me about eating growing up. I feel like you've given us loads of delicious little hints that um, you were maybe, like, less adventurous than you are now. Yeah. But it sounds like there was some incredible cooking in your life. There was. Did you have siblings? Yeah, hey, I got a brother. Yeah. Um, who was uh, kind of hard in childhood, well, in high school. He's not going to listen to this, I don't think. <laughs> so I can, well, my brother's an agent, right, mm -hmm. for opera singers and classical musicians. Mm. And he's brilliant at it. Mm. But in my mind, he really found himself in his teenage years when he started to get into pastry chefing. Wow. And as a teenager, he ended up having a, a quite successful cake business. Wow, as a teenager. He would, he would sell cakes to staff members and neighbourhood people. Right. But we're not talking cakes. I'm talking things like crock and bushes. Wow. He just had a real facility for it and loved it. But, of course, the, the business model was... Mum buys ingredients, I oh, make cake, yeah. I get paid. Mum oh, does not shit. get reimbursed for ingredients. Oh, shit. So at a certain point, mum just like, well, I'm, Hang on. Yeah. I'm not paying for your apprenticeship. <laughs> I get out there. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't. But so he was doing all of that. Me and my brother exist in a nice, a nice balance of competition and opposition. That's nice. Okay. Where we'll do very opposite things, but we still have to be better than each other at the right. opposite things. Uh. Um, uh, 
and my mum's a good cook. Dad was a, a terrible cook, but an enthusiastic okay. cook. Okay. And my dad was more like another kid. He was a stay-at-home artist dad, and he just loved wow. being one of the kids. Mm. And me and him used to have races and competitions as to who could get the cleanest lamb chop bone. Mm, that's uh, so joyful. Yeah, and I know, like, parents split when I was about eight, yeah. but we just had great meals, great food, and eating was a really fun. Um, I remember once my grandmother and me and my brother and my dad, and I think my mum, were all at the dinner table before the divorce. There was bread on, there was rye bread on the table, I think from the mains, and like the, the dinner and and her cucumber salad, which was just cucumber, lettuce, dill, and lemon juice. Mm. And it would just wilt. And yeah. salt, lots of salt. Oh God, so the okay. whole thing like turned translucent. It was near the end. And and I don't know how this happened, but somehow I put whipped cream on a slice of bread, like a can, like spray whipped yeah. cream. And just smushed it into my grandmother's face as a kid, like eight. And everyone just froze. And then my grandmother took the whipped cream bread and smushed it in my face. Oh. And then it started like a proper food fight. Oh, family food fight. Family food fight. Oh, my God. I'm so glad it went that way. I will. I think it was my, my <laughs> by the way, my dad told me the story was that it was during the divorce. So the table was quite tense. Yeah. Anyway, Maybe you sense that. Maybe I, that's what it was about. I absolutely think that I am like a divining rod for awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> Just start vibrating and shaking into the direction. I can't say it. And like, even now I hate keeping secrets and I hate yeah. awkwardness. I'm the first person to go, hey, this is exactly how I'm feeling. And yeah, yeah, yeah. now someone else has to fix it. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I don't have the tools. Or it's out now and everybody knows. Yeah. And that's half the job done. <sighs> We're nearly at the end, and you can tell me to fuck off if you want, but fuck I'm going to ask. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that, well, we'll call it a day then. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. I have to because the um, bill has to be paid. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a runner. You're all right. Can I, I'm going to ask you one serious thing. Would you say you've always had an easy relationship with eating, or has it ever been complicated? Yeah, no, it's complicated. I don't have very good body image and I struggle with it um, quite a lot. I think as a gay man, you're, you're conditioned to think, A, the world doesn't want you, and B, your community only wants you in a certain yes. size or a certain yeah, yeah. shape. Then lots of pressure. That's changing a lot now, Yeah, which is beautiful. I love seeing it, but then I have a lot of unpacking or conflict when I see it and I have to not try and reflect that back to myself. Right. I do go through some pretty unhealthy moments where I go, well, I've gorged here, right, right. so I need to be very, very strict and I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll kind of, I, I probably take it too far. Try not to do that. Yeah. Because also food for me is, it's such a link to my emotional state. Mm-hmm. In the pandemic, my friends would check in on me and it would be a, where are you at today in your emotional state? Is it lemon curd out of the jar with a spoon? Yeah. Or are we at, are we at condensed milk stage? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Because yeah, I would yeah. be like eating condensed milk out of the out of the. Can. I've got a friend who loves that's like it's her thing. It's her thing. Brings mm. her great joy. It's, in, it's interesting because our families, my family, always express their love through many ways, but food was central yeah, yeah. to that. I Some of the, my family members' only way of doing it, really. I think it's a very safe way for people to show emotion, show care, show tenderness, is through, look what I've made. 
Yeah. Which is why when you don't eat a bit of someone's casserole or something, it puts they... an enormous amount of pressure on you. Even when you said earlier that that pressure, the enormous emotional pressure to clean that plate. I mean, we know now that this it's not ideal for cultivating like a great relationship with, yeah. you know, hunger and fullness and intuition and all of those well, things like that come from a very free relationship with eating. But equally, it's almost impossible not to do it. That was coming from a place of love. What is good for you? Yeah emotionally what makes you feel better what makes what does a good job for your soul mm. what is healthy yeah which of those is reward and punishment yeah and which of those is true love and what is convenient bribes yes there's yeah. so many dichotomies within food and then we look at like how it's made how ethical it is yeah. how easily sourced how expensive it is blah 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 and you just go try and get into all of it on this podcast of various different people it's beautiful I don't think I've been on a podcast with it and you ask such great questions yeah it's fab you're a puppet I'm a puppet he's a puppet quick fire questions cheese course or pudding yes (laughs) according to your parents what was the first solid thing you ever ate names redacted (laughs) Ever eaten something you found in a pocket? Names redacted. (laughs) Actually, no, I have a very short story here. Um, We used to have a thing in Australia called Harold the Giraffe. And Harold the Giraffe would come in a truck and all the kids would go in and Harold the Giraffe would have like a a PowerPoint display and puppet display of the human body. And that's how you would learn about digestion, poop, sex... Anything the teachers didn't want to talk about, it was outsourced to this thing. But we'd all have to go into a very dark carpeted truck and sit there. And one day, as we were all leaving the truck, I saw a little chocolate on the ground. And it looked like a little, like, hazelnut swirl boop. And I picked it up and popped it in my mouth. And it was not chocolate. It was a tiny poop. Oh! Human! It was a tiny little human poop. Oh! Did you swallow it? Nope, I went, ah, oh, uh, that's not the thing. And then I just licked the wall, the carpeted walls of the van. I know. Do you know, even you saying carpeted walls of the van has conjured so many childhood memories. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it now. <laughs> have a drink. Have a I drink. I didn't know that God. reflex still worked. Yeah, that was amazing. That was intense. Um, on that note, if there's no other option, would you eat a person? Yes. Great. Anyone listening just has to know that that question is precursed with... If there's no other yeah. option, which I take to mean death is still yeah. not an option. Cool. So the answer has to be yes, because you're essentially getting force-fed like yeah. a foie gras goose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is my aspiration. The goal. BYO funnel. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> BYOF. I love it. A pop star becomes too important and we accidentally give them the keys to space where they start killing all the other actual real stars so that they're the only one. And obviously, don't ask me for specifics, I'm not an astrophysicist, but it's an apocalypse for Earth. Because the actual real stars were, of course, an intrinsic and vital part of our survival in a complex intergalactic web of interdependency. Anyway, it's all agreed to have never happened, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Ruben, agreed to perform every line dance ever invented, but somehow upside down and as a TED Talk. It sounds impossible, but you do it! You're a hero. You get out in history... As the man who saved us all from the terrible starless apocalypse. Your reward is the adulation of all people for all time and a place in history as the saviour of us all. 
your award in the moment, and bearing in mind that was exhausting, that line dancing upside down as a TED Talk, your award in the moment is the feast of your dreams. This is the opposite of a last meal because you couldn't be happier and you couldn't be hungrier. What would you eat and what would you drink? Dad's lamb chops, my grandmother's chicken soup, Vietnamese iced coffee, and maybe I'll take that steak and turf of yours. <gasps> yes. And then, um, you know, when you're younger, when you're a kid, so you have more taste buds yeah. than an adult, I want to have that many taste buds so ice cream isn't it's <gasps> like the same wonder that ice cream oh was. God, is such a great idea. Hoovering Podcast. What a beautiful man. I could have spent hours and hours and hours longer with him. Yes, please. Can I make sure you're definitely going to see him perform live? His show, The Butch is Back, is in London now, this month, December. So you all just go together. Links to tickets are in my podcast notes as ever. Or Google him or just follow him. He's Ruben K. Official on Instagram. And his output is everything you'd be hoping it to be on there too. Very funny, lovely stuff. Don't forget to come and see me too, naturally. My new stand-up tour show, Metal, is on sale. It starts in Leicester in February as part of the annual comedy festival there. Come, come, come. And then it goes on right through till June and potentially beyond. It is my biggest tour yet. And it's an absolute whopper. So I'm almost certainly coming to somewhere near you. It would be an honour to have you all. My hoovering listeners in my audience, I'd be so chuffed if you were there. Thanks, lads. Follow us on social media at The Hoovering Pod. I'm on at Jessica Foster Q. Send us voice notes, pictures, WhatsApps to 07462855271. Email us, thehooveringpod at gmail.com. I'll be storing all your beautiful offerings up and discussing them in future episodes. Keep an eye on our social media for any specific questions and topics that we'll be asking you to contact us about. Links to everything interesting mentioned today are, as ever, in the podcast notes. Hoovering is presented and created by me, Jessica Fosterkew. The music is by Jake Yap, and it was produced by Laura Grimshaw. Until in two weeks, happy hoovering. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.